0: Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 182. This week, we talked with technical fellow Jeffrey Snover about PowerShell Core. He talks about how PowerShell is everywhere and has gotten extremely flexible and even more powerful.
1: Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at raygun.com.
0: This week we have Jeffrey Snover, technical fellow at Microsoft. He invented PowerShell, was one of only three chief architects for Windows Server, and is currently leading the Azure infrastructure and management team where he focuses on Azure Stack. Welcome, Jeffrey.
2: Howdy. How you doing?
0: Pretty good. That is, that is quite the intro that you have there. Um, and I, I've heard rumors that technical fellows also have like, uh, Marvel style, like superpowers. So, you know, like, can you fly (laughs) or it's, it's, it's a, it's an impressive, uh, resume though. It's awesome. Thank you. How long have you been at Microsoft? Uh, 18 years. 18 years. Wow, you've wow. Done, and you've done some really cool stuff there. Uh, okay, so we just want to we want to jump right into the PowerShell question since we have the father of PowerShell here um, himself. Right. Um, so I guess we should just start with like what is new in PowerShell because PowerShell's been out for how, actually how long has it been out? I, I saw I saw it introduced. Man, how long was 2006. Was 2006, yeah, so well yeah. over a decade old. So I guess like, you know, what what is kind of the state of PowerShell today?
2: Yeah, so basically there's Windows PowerShell and now there's Core PowerShell. Mm-hmm. And those are two very different things. Very similar, but different as well. So if you think about the original mission, the original mission was really to provide, you know, a great general purpose scripting solution for Windows. And when you think about that mission, it's effectively achieved. You know, of course, there's always a long tail, you know, fix this, fix this, add that, add that. Uh, but effectively, you know, that, that mission's been achieved. And so now we have a new mission, right? We have a new leader at Microsoft. He's given us a new direction, basically said, hey, get out of your offices, go talk to customers, figure out what they need to be successful and give it to them. Mm-hmm. That, you know, don't worry about the money. If we can figure out how to make people successful, we got smart people who can figure out how to monetize that. Yeah. But if people aren't being successful with our software, that's really hard to monetize. So when we got out there and started talking to people, what we heard was that people really needed a, a it was a heterogeneous world and it was a very hard world to manage. And that gave PowerShell a new mission. And so that new mission is to be the you know give customers the ability to manage anything from anywhere from any client windows linux macintosh be able to manage any server windows or linux running on any cloud azure aws google or on premises using any hypervisor, Hyper-V or VMware, and any storage and networking stack. And so it turned out that was a, a quite a large new mission. And so it was only made possible because of the new cross-platform.NET core. And so we refactored PowerShell to work on .NET Core. That allowed us to be heterogeneous. Uh, there are some differences, and basically, as you know, like the title of Satch's book, "Hit Refresh," right? Mm-hmm. We hit refresh on PowerShell. Uh, took most of the things that were there, uh, but left behind some of the things that weren't as widely used or wouldn't work in a cross-domain environment. Um, yeah, and so that is Core PowerShell.
0: That's very cool.
1: So now that it's being powered by .NET Core, and we still have the old one, so there, there's that new naming structure that I kind of picked up on. So it's Windows PowerShell is the 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 original PowerShell, yep. and PowerShell Core is the new one. So wh- you mentioned that <clears throat> there are some differences in there. Can you get I- into a little bit more of what the differences are and why people would be uh, would matter to them? Yeah. So basically, um, as we did this hit refresh, I'll say, let's see.
2: Let me say it this way. Um, I say that for the majority of people, what they're going to find is that it's, they won't notice any of these differences. Okay, So if you're using PowerShell, you're really not going to notice the difference. If you're using PowerShell at the expert level or you know, use the esoteric edges of PowerShell, uh, then, then you might. So really, kind of falls into two categories. So one is is a major feature, Windows Workflow, uh, which is not available on Core PowerShell. And we're basically we went out to the community and said, hey, this isn't in the .NET Core. Um, is this something that you use? You know, is it vital? Is it used a lot? And we didn't hear the answer yes. <laughs> and so you know, we continue to listen. Uh, but basically, that's one of the key things. And then there were a number of uh, small but breaking changes. Uh, but again, if you're using PowerShell in the mainstream scenario, you're not going to notice them. But it's things like file encodings, you know, the way we deal with certain escape sequences, et cetera, that are a little bit different. And it was critical because we, we to make these changes, even though they were breaking changes, uh, because when we went uh run on linux we want to be a full first class linux citizen Mm -hmm. we want to respect their traditions and their idioms uh
0: and that's what we did no i i think that's the right approach yeah
1: so you know you know one of the questions i do have you know if i do want to you know kind of just crawl into checking out powershell core can i have these installed side by side and what does that look like Yeah, absolutely. So you install it, it goes in its own directory,
2: uh, and they, they're completely side by side. That's awesome.
0: Okay. And then, and, and then is like, um, you know, is this a replacement then for PowerShell though? Like is PowerShell core a replacement? Like is the, is the existing PowerShell going away then? Is that the kind of the longer term plan? Uh, n- no, okay, it is not.
2: It is not, that is to say, it's not going away. So Windows PowerShell is effectively, you know, effectively we'll say that's done. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a that's going to be in Windows and and it's done. All the new innovation is going to be done on Core PowerShell. Um, so you know, at some level, you can say it's a replacement, but because there are some issues. Oh, by the way, there's another one, and that is um, there is no graphical library in .NET Core. And so things like show command and certain other things, out grid view, uh, those aren't available in, in core PowerShell either. Uh, so anyway, the Windows PowerShell does have some things. I expect a lot of people continue to work with it, but it's effectively done. Now, at some point, some people are like, oh, isn't that a problem? And the answer is no, it's not a problem. Trust me. You know, well, first off, PowerShell version one, was about somewhere between 20 and 40 times more powerful than Command.exe. Mm-hmm. Now, Command.exe has not been touched in over 20 years. I mean, literally, we just don't touch it. And, and <laughs> people, you know, when I came to the company, the people who owned Command.exe, they were the most powerful PowerShell supporters because they're like, oh, please, would you help kill this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Every time we touch it, we break the world. So anyway, so it's at least 20 times as powerful, PowerShell version 1. Command.exe hasn't been touched in 20 years, and we still can't get rid of it because people use it so much. So anyway, and that was with PowerShell version 1. We're now on PowerShell version 5.1 that ships with Windows. Uh, I am absolutely confident that any need that people have for the next 20, 25 years PowerShell version 5.1 is going to suit them just fine. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm going to put all my innovation into PowerShell version six. Okay, well, know, cross-platform
0: version. Yeah, I think, and I think that's 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 a nice, you know, a fairly clear message. And I, I think the. I, I, or I should say, I assume that the reason that, that you're kind of able to say that is because, I mean, it's, it's a base platform that's extensible, right? So, I mean, you, you could probably do just about anything you wanted, any version. It's just a matter of, you know, how you do that and how much work you want to put into it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and
2: by the way, so what's happened is now the way .NET guys, are great engineers. And so what you can do is you can um if you compile your your uh, uh, executables the right way, your commandlets will work in both uh, Windows PowerShell and PowerShell core. So yeah, how good is that?
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was actually gonna be yep. one of my next questions was like, you know, there there's obviously a lot of PowerShell scripts out there on on the internet. Like you know, was there any kind of process? I, you know, I, I know you said that, you know, for the most part, like everything is there except for things like the output grid view and, and things like that. Um, but like, is it, is it more likely than not if I just grab some random PowerShell script from the internet that it'll work in core?
2: Yeah, yeah, great question. So there's PowerShell and then there's the PowerShell ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so bulk of PowerShell, if you're just using kind of Core PowerShell and the and the uh, commandlets that the PowerShell team delivers, yeah, that's just gonna work. However, most scripts are using something from someone else. So they're using the Windows uh, commandlets or the Azure commandlets, et cetera. And those are need to be ported over. And so that's it. They're in the process of doing that.
1: Oh, okay. So does that include stuff from like the uh, PowerShell gallery, the modules that are up there? Uh,
2: Yeah, exactly. Those things will have to, you know, if the commandlets that work are, the commandlets that those scripts use are ported and work on PowerShell version 6, they'll run just fine. But in reality, so here's the reality. The Windows team hasn't gone and validated all of their commandlets against both environments, right? They haven't done that work. So there is a module whose name escapes me right now. But basically what you can do is you can go ahead and add the existing Windows uh, modules to your module path, and almost everything works fine, uh, although it's not been validated and verified. Now, there are some some uh, differences. Uh, some things don't work. Uh, DNS didn't work, and I believe Active Directory didn't work, but everything else works just fine. just hasn't been validated and fully supported,
0: okay. so they've got some work to do. Okay. And then in my actual like, you know, PowerShell script, like, you know, like my PS1 file or whatever, how do I actually specify, like, do do I specify like what I want to run as or, or, you know, from my perspective, am I just, am I just a script that, that the, the user will determine, you know, how they want to run it?
2: Yeah, so basically both. So in your script, you can define whether you have a requirement. Like if you're only going to work in PowerShell version 6, you can declare that. And then if you try and run it in 5, it'll say, Nah, that's not going to work. Um, and then also when you publish it, uh, we have a convention for how to tag your module to tell people whether or not it's going to work in one environment or both. Mm-hmm.
1: So in uh, like a Win32 app, I can have it execute PowerShell script through, I, I can't remember the exact namespace. Uh, is there something similar or is it the same way to execute something in PowerShell core to automate that with a, a desktop application? Yep. It's exactly the same. You know, no change the, needed. That's awesome.
2: The uh, DLL might be different, but you know the, the model's the same, the API's the same.
0: I didn't even know you could do that. That's cool.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Just think of it. Through. I mean, here we were uh, influenced heavily by the Tickle model, TCL. Mm-hmm. And basically, that is to say that the scripting engine is a DLL that can be loaded into any executable and extended by that executable. <clears throat> so that's why in the integrated scripting environment, you know, oh, you can run PowerShell there or you can run it in the console or you can run it in the remote uh, host, you know, the uh, remoting host. Um, that's the PowerShell engine hosted in three separate executables.
0: Yeah, I, I, I did want to dive into that. Like, how how does that actually work? That that remoting host.
2: Yeah. So basically, uh, the remoting host. When you connect to a remote machine, yeah. what's actually happening is you can connect to multiple endpoint to different endpoints. Uh, we call these configuration names, mm-hmm. and if you don't specify one, we uh, give you a default one. But in fact, on any given machine, there are a bunch of these. And then these can connect to different implementations of PowerShell or different configurations. So this is something I use heavily in my Azure Stack world, where what I do is instead of connecting to the default endpoint, I've created a special endpoint with a name And that name, when we connect, we connect to a version of PowerShell that only allows a specific set of commands to be executed and it elevates privilege. So I actually connect in as a user, not as an admin. I only get a well-defined set of commands. And when I run them, they run as admin on that machine. Anyway, so now you can have additional endpoints. You can have some that connect to PowerShell version five others that connect to PowerShell version six you just specify the name that you want to connect to
0: that's cool so I mean is this all kind of interchangeable like can I if I'm running like PowerShell core locally can I remote into a uh, you know like a Windows PowerShell machine then and do and and you know be executing commands remotely
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's
0: the the trick. I'm
2: actually going to demo this at an upcoming uh, keynote that I give. But basically, uh, it's even better than that. Okay? Okay. So basically, from from Windows PowerShell, you can remote to PowerShell Core. From PowerShell Core, you can connect to remote (laughs) Windows. Uh, From either of those, you can connect to Linux PowerShell. Uh, When you go to Linux PowerShell, you have the option of using you know, our default uh, WinRM remoting or WSMAN remoting or SSH, SSH. So you can remote over SSH. It's wonderful. But here it gets even better. So when you connect to something, uh, you have the ability to say, okay, now I'm connected. I want to run some commands over there and get the output over here. But there's also this thing that says, hey, given that connection object, I would like to import commands. So, you know, if you do an import module, the commands from that module are then available in your com- in your session, and you can run them. Well, there's a basically the same way to do the same thing to a remote session. So what you say is, oh, I'd like to connect to the this remote machine, and I would like to import the commands from that remote machine. So the commands on that remote machine show up on your machine, and when you execute them, they go over to the remote machine and execute over there. So literally, you're on you're on a Linux box. You can connect to Windows PowerShell or PowerShell Core, and you say, "Hey, import all these things." And then you can say stuff like, you know, um, you know, get disk, and you'll be getting the disk from the remote Windows machine. And uh, you restart the computer. You can do that remotely. You know, basically, everything works remotely.
0: <laughs> That's kind of mind-blowing. So it's like in the movies, whenever they're like routing it through the, their commands for all different countries, that'll be like your your demo, you know, so that they uh, – uh when they try to trace you, they have to trace back through all these different connections. <laughs> exactly,
2: right. <laughs> Robert Mueller will be chasing me.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's really that, – that is really cool because, um, you know, I think – I don't know what scenario you had exactly in mind, but, you know, I'm just thinking if I am using like Mac or Linux – it is, you know, it's great for managing then those Windows machines. Um and well, let me give you
2: concrete. Of... Ex- sure. Yeah, exactly. Let me give you a concrete example. So right now, the uh, AD command, I mentioned like the DNS commandlets and the AD commandlets don't work um, in PowerShell version 6. Mm-hmm. But wait, wait, here's what you can do. Um, you can be on any machine you want. All you have to do is... Have connectivity to some machine that has the 80 commandlets on it. So you connect to that machine and you say, hey, I'd like to import the 80 commandlets. And now you're here and you can run the 80 commandlets and they'll transport over to the remote machine, execute there, and you get the results here. So all you need in your environment is one Windows box that has the AD commandlets, and then your power sh- core PowerShell running on Windows, Mac OS, Linux can access the AD commandlets because they'll just get routed to that machine and executed. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, this is just a, <laughs> it really is wonderful. As
1: as you look you think about it, you're like, is that really true? Can it really be that great? And, <laughs> and it truly is. Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications, supports all major programming languages and platforms, and integrates with your current development workflow tools too. There's a free 14 day trial and it takes minutes to implement. So start resolving issues in your application and check it out today at raygun.com.
0: There's this thing that, that not everybody knows about, but if you go to shell.azure.com, um, you can actually pick bash or PowerShell. Uh, you know, so you can, even if you're not, even if you don't have PowerShell installed, you can be using PowerShell. Um, do you know if that supports the remoting? Like, I'm not sure why you would do that, but like, can that be sort of your entry point? I mean, can you use PowerShell purely in the cloud then? Yes, you can. Now, let me be clear. Uh, the one thing I know it does, and then I'm not sure about the other one, mm-hmm.
2: is from that, you can remote to anywhere. Yeah. So you can go to that URL, and then from there, you can remotely connect to any machine, you know, local, remote, in the cloud. You can use that machine to go to the PowerShell galley. So let's get this in focus. You yeah. can go to the Azure portal, and you can click a button to say, I'd like to get a PowerShell session running in a browser. Mm-hmm. That session comes up, it's running PowerShell. From there, if you wanted to, you could connect to the PowerShell gallery in the cloud and say, I'd like to import the AWS commandlets. And then you can run and manage AWS from that environment. <laughs> you know, how crazy is that? <laughs> So it truly is this, you know, we we take the, you know, Satya at his word, yeah. and he's been true to his word. Hey, go figure out how to make our customers successful. Don't tilt the world off. You know, make sure you do a good job covering our stuff. But if our customers need to manage other stuff, help them do that. And that's what we've done. And I got to tell you, the, the reaction from the community has been fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. the Linux community, you know, we knew that we would not be greeted as liberators to that community. And so there's been, you know, a healthy sense of uh, skepticism, uh, but we welcome that. You know, we our heads and our hearts are in the right place and we're just doing the right things. And, uh, and the folks who then get, you know, past the initial, like what? And they kick the tires have been very impressed. They, they like it a lot.
0: Yeah. So is PowerShell core open source? Yeah, it is. Okay. No, it's not. Wait, it's, it's better than that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But wait, (laughs) there's more. (laughs) Exactly. Not only is it open source, but uh, for the release that we just had over 50% of the pull requests came from the community. Wow. wow! How That's crazy quite a is bay. that? That's awesome. Yeah, and what was great is um, uh, what happened. Right, at Microsoft. If you're not, if you haven't worked at Microsoft, uh-huh. here's the deal: you, every team, right? We're one of the richest companies in the world. We got like a billion dollars in the bank, stuff like that. But it's a conscious decision to underfund every team, and that forces teams to get clear about priorities, what really matters, et cetera. So, as crazy as it sounds, everybody's underfunded. And so what that does is you, you listen, list, well, what should we do? And, you know, you have these conversations and then you have to be, you have these hard conversations about priorities, et cetera. So there was this one feature that I wanted, you know, you can say get credentials and you can say minus title, but you couldn't give a message and, you know, say, have a message in the message box. So I, I, I argued, well, we should do this. And then there was this conversation like, well, should we, shouldn't we, Da da da, is it really a scenario? And then, okay, fine, there is. But uh, if we do this, what other features are we not going to do? Long, long, long conversations. And then, guess what? It falls below the cut line. Next release, same conversation. Next release, same conversation. I'm just dying with this stuff. We open source. <laughs> a couple weeks later, there's a pull request. Somebody added
0: the 10 or 20 lines of code, just like, okay, <laughs> fine,
1: accept. What, what,
0: was I, the I, username I, uh, Jeffrey at night?
1: <laughs> no, it should, it should have been. I cannot
0: tell you how... Happy and how joy you know full of joy I was to see that guy's pull request. I mean it was just like <laughs> yes thank you, thank you, thank you that is very cool, so you know I was kind of curious then, you know, knowing that it's open source like you know that that's that's like one of the the blockers right for for some people if they're if they're on Linux or if they're on windows it's just like well, this is an open source like it's this proprietary thing that Microsoft wants me to use, and i I think that that changes that conversation, so what um you know, like I don't know if you have, like, like what what has been the reception, like now that now that it's sort of been out for a while. Like, I don't know if you have any anecdotes or or any information on that.
2: Yeah, so it was interesting. A couple things. First off, you know there is a lot of distrust in Microsoft, and 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 that's fine. We welcome that. We you know, we're, we're doing the right thing, and we're going to address that mistrust with transparency. So one of the things we're doing is, uh, uh, you know, we collect telemetry now in PowerShell version six, and that makes people nervous. Like, oh, what do you collect, da, 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 da. And so here's what we do we're completely transparent. We take all of our telemetry. It's up there on the public website. I, I forget the URL, but I can provide it for you. And everything that we collect is up there. And so it shows you you know, what versions people are using, how frequently they're using. There's no PII collected whatsoever. And what it showed was <clears throat> that right up until the uh, month we GA'd, the vast majority of the usage of power, core PowerShell was on Linux and Macintosh.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and and I was like, well, I knew it was going to be popular, but this just exploded in my head. Now, once we went GA, then the PowerShell adoption on Windows went up uh, quite a bit. And so that's dominating. So that gave us a really interesting... Perspective. And what it told us was oh, the Linux guys are more open to uh, experimentation, whereas the Windows guys really want to wait until it's generally available and supported before they got in. Yeah. Anyway, so he, interesting. He, yeah. He, he, here's what the Linux guys get or they like. Because look, here's the model. If you're a Linux guy, how should you think about PowerShell? Answer it's just another tool. Linux has always been about a toolkit. You got a bunch of tools in the toolkit, use the one that works. This is just another tool. If it works for you, use it. If it doesn't, don't. Don't worry about it. Now, why would you want to use this tool? Well, it's a shell like any other shell. And some people have preferences for this type of shell or that type of shell. So you might like, thar- you know, we have a very strong point of view about production quality, about being able to write scripts that are designed for when everything goes wrong on something really important. It's three o'clock in the morning and your ass is on the line. PowerShell is your friend. I mean, I designed it for you. To get you through that situation, right? So it's verbose. You know what the script's doing. If you're ever done do something that has a side effect, you can say minus what if or minus confirm or minus for all. So, anyway, it just has a point of view and you might like that. But here's where we excel we excel in dealing with structured objects, right? Mm-hmm. APIs that return structured objects. And if you look at the Linux world, more and more it is becoming APIs producing structured objects, which is to say REST APIs returning JSON documents. And when you do that, we excel. I mean, we just knock it out of the park. So really, the answer is PowerShell is great at where the Linux community is going.
0: Oh, that's great. I love that insight. That's amazing. Because <laughs> yeah. I've always thought of it as, you know, it's great. It, it, it sees things as objects. And, you know, that's so much better than, than obviously <clears throat> than parsing text. Um, and I know that as somebody, I, 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 actually had to write a couple of regexes over the past couple of days. And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. That would yeah. Be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, man, what I wouldn't give for just like a concise, uh, object. Cause I was calling an API is basically passing back these massive strings. And, and of course I, I came up with a, a, a regex that would handle that. And then two days later, I got an example of where it just failed miserably. Whereas. <laughs> In in PowerShell, I mean the object is what it is. Obviously, it could change or or whatever and you can kind of deal with that. Uh, but it's just so much more clear and concise for those scenarios. So uh, it just makes a lot of sense there.
2: Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. <clears throat> I've been I started off my career long time Linux I wouldn't use Unix back then guy. <clears throat> that was the majority of my career. Um I am now in the in the industry <sighs> what well, <I don't> <laughs> Many many years, well over thirty <laughs> years. I'm a Microsoft technical fellow, our highest ranked uh, individual contributor uh, rank. And I'll tell you, I've never gotten these damn regular expressions in focus. Man, I can write <laughs> one. That's awesome. But they are, and 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 often they're like write only. Like I can write it, but I can never read it. Like what is that right? So. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you too. So like now, you know, in windows, there's this Linux subsystem, uh, which is yeah. basically, you know, you can use like bash or you can use oh. uh different Linux shells in there. Well, I guess I, now I, now I had another question popping in my head. I guess question number one is, does PowerShell core run in that?
2: It does apparently. I I have not tried it, but I saw (laughs) someone who did that. That's cool. So that's like the Inception moment, right? You're running Windows, you run Bash, and then you run PowerShell in Bash and on on Linux running on Windows. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and then my other question was, you know, I was just kind of curious. Like it's it's kind of like Battle of the Shells. Like I, I was just wondering what that relationship was. If it's you know, if you guys are like you know buddies because you're kind of working on—I don't want to say you're, you work. What you—the actual work that you're doing—is totally different. But is—is is there, you know, like what is that relationship like? Are, are you are you sharing ideas at all? Or but and again, yeah, I know they're—they're so they're not making a I'm, shell. I know.
2: Yeah. So first, if you go back. We have, the PowerShell team's always, always, always been a fan of, look, it's just a tool. We're here to make you successful. So, if you know, somebody said, oh, when should I rewrite all my VB scripts? It's like, why would you do that? If it's working for you, leave it alone. Right, mm-hmm. and so if you know, people should use whatever tool makes them successful. So it turns out, you know, originally this worked. How the way this started was, I took a bunch of Bash utilities. Right, I literally I took Bash and a set of Unix utilities. Back then, we had a different model. It was a true POSIX subsystem that we called Services for Windows. And I brought that to, to, to Windows, and uh, I became I got that close to being able to ship it in Windows. But at the last minute, it got pulled because of concerns around IP. But we made it freely available. And, and it turned, because I never wanted to invent anything in this space. You know, Unix had a great model. But it turned out it just didn't work at all, right? So why didn't it work at all? And the answer is because all those things, Bash and all those utilities, are optimized for an archit- for the Unix architecture. The Unix architecture, everything is an ASCII text file. So if you can modify an ASCII text file and restart a process, you can manage most everything that Unix and Linux have to offer. That's why Grepaux said those are all management tools. They're text manipulation, but they're used for management. And so when I brought those tools to Windows, the reason why it didn't help at all is because awk wouldn't work against the registry, right? It's an API that returns structured objects. grep yeah. uh, yeah. would wouldn't work against Active Directory. Sed wouldn't work against WMI. So there's a fundamental architectural difference between the two environments, and that's why we had to invent PowerShell. Now, WSL, uh, the Windows... Uh, Linux subsystem WLS? Yeah, whatever. Um, Yeah, subsystem for Linux, yep. It's so popular because a lot of open source developers are using Windows to develop their open source software that they're then going to target for a Linux box. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, right, it used to be that they would do all their development on a Macintosh, but if you look at the Macintosh, that thing hasn't been competitive for many years, right? I mean, those poor people are being exploited, you know, with wicked out of date hardware that hasn't kept up to date and it has premium prices. And a bunch of people look and it's like, But look at these PCs. I mean, they're freaking awesome and they're cheap. If only I could do my uh, Linux server development on it. And the answer is, come to us, my friend. You (laughs) betcha. We can help you succeed. And so there, it works just perfectly. Just perfectly. Awesome. But if you're going to try and manage uh, 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 Windows, you you can't run the Active Directory stuff. You can't uh, run... Um, you, know, you can't access WMI, et cetera. So it's not great for managing uh, Windows. But that said, you know, uh, you can, if you want to, you can write a Bash script using WSL and have it call out to PowerShell um, to to invoke those functions. So I'm I'm totally friendly to that thing. I think it's awesome. And and uh, those guys just did an awesome engineering effort. I mean, the amount of work that they put
0: in was is huge. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I know, I'll go ahead, Carl. I know we only have you for a few seconds. So we just have one more question.
1: Yeah. So we know that you've uh, been instrumental in this, but I know that you're doing other things as well. I was wondering if you just wanted to fill everybody in on some of the other things that you're also working on.
0: Quantum PowerShell.
2: Yeah, so so after PowerShell, I spent many years as the chief architect for Windows Server. That was fantastic. You know, really kind of focused in on bringing Windows Server into the era of the cloud to make it a great cloud server. Uh, And then last year, we had a reorganization, and uh, I was... um, uh, I, I basically joined the org- Azure organization where I've been focused in on Azure Stack. And so, by the way, guess what? Azure Stack, um, that thing, you know, shipping, it's wildly successful uh, and would not have been possible if not for PowerShell. I've got over a quarter million lines of PowerShell code uh, running Azure Stack and um, PowerShell was core to the security design of that, uh, and that has held up incredibly well. We recently had a customer that had a compromised admin account. Now, how bad can that be, right? That's like the worst thing possible, a, a compromised admin account. And a bunch of things here and there and there had been attacked and uh, with ransomware. And yet Azure Stack stood, stop, uh, stood solid and secure uh, because of the great security design that it had. Now, let me be clear. I'm not trying to brag. I want to be humble and always be... You know, confident but humble. But we have such a great security posture in Azure Stack because of the security of PowerShell. Um well, it's one of the main reasons.
0: Okay, very cool. Well, I know you get a run. So, you know, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about PowerShell. Uh this the the new PowerShell core stuff. I mean, it's just incredible. I think uh, you know, people just never never expected that to happen. <laughs> and then it, it happened. And uh, it's like one of the last dominoes. It's like we have Windows Subsystem for Linux on Windows, uh, PowerShell runs everywhere, and you know there's there's no there's nobody left that can that can deny that like Microsoft is not a totally new company. So I appreciate you coming on here and talking to us about that.
2: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you know I think it really does all come back to Sacha and his leadership and his clarity. Listen to what customers need and give it to them. And guess what? We've done that. It's working out fantastic.